Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. This is episode 22. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen and creator of podcastingwithpurpose.com podcasting training. Now, joining me on today's show is Mariana von Lacken. And Mariana is an experienced and highly respected taxation professional. She's also a partner at HLB Manjud. She currently sits on the Education Committee of the Taxation Institute of Australia as well as being a member of the Women in Tax Committee of the Taxation Institute of Australia. She produces practical outcomes and builds strong client relationships. Now, specifically on this show, Mariana is going to share the generous R&D incentive for eligible companies who expand or expend funds on experimental activities. Now, if you do this in your business, you want to hear more about what Mariana has to say about this R&D incentive. She's going to talk about tax laws and their impact on family businesses. They're di- as dynamic as the commercial environment and the lives of the family members themselves. This is really important. We need to know this. I know that when we start talking about tax and, and figures and so forth, we can sometimes uh, be t- tempted to glaze over, but we need to know this if we want to build successful businesses. And also what she wants to talk about, we know that the number of women starting businesses in Australia, it's growing, and over a third of Australian business operators are women and the numbers are increasing, which is really exciting. And something that HLB is doing is they've developed My Sounding Board, which is a community for women entrepreneurs to share their experience, expand their knowledge, and of course, continue to grow their networks. Can't wait to learn more about uh, my sounding board. Welcome to the show, Mariana. And thank you for having me. Oh, look, such a pleasure. I think it's you know so often that women in business, we we're passionate about what we do. We've got a message we want to share. We're you know using our expertise to to support our clients. But then there's one particular topic that often many women entrepreneurs here in Australia, and it's even a lot of studies have shown that tax and figures and accounting is one thing that we tend to uh, not spend a lot of time. But it's so important. I think you're talking about the R&D incentive. I mean, here are you know opportunities that the government is contributing towards that we may not even be aware of. So I'm glad you you're coming on the show. Just give everyone a bit of a background uh, on how you got in, into your business and, of course, just some of the work that you're doing at HLB Manjad. Mm. Yeah, no, actually, it's... Um it's interesting how I got into tax. Um, it wasn't my first um, thought, oh, geez, I must be a tax advisor um, going through school. Uh, but no, it was more um, my father started a business and um, I was interested in 
well, what happens when, you know, you put these journal in or, you know, these debits, they call them credits and all these weird terms they used. Where does it all end up and what does it look like, which is your profit and loss and balance sheet? Um, that's how I started um, really in the accounting industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, all these questions about, you know, really um, people are very good at what they do, um, as in my father was a car- is a carpenter, he's still going. Um, and, you know, but the only thing he's not very good at is the numbers. Yes. You know, so, um, you know, income doesn't necessarily mean you can spend it all or more. Mm. <laughs> and it doesn't mean equal cash flow either. So um, that's what took me into this area. And as I progressed through it, um, I, you know, I, I got a handle of the profit and loss and balance sheet very quickly and decided I need a bit more challenge and I went into tax. And mm. tax is uh, very uh, dynamic, changing. It is quite interesting, although, yes, you do get the yawn occasionally of people when you say tax, but it is important um, thread to keep our society together because yes. the governments need money uh, to build roads, uh, pay for schools, etc. cetera, mm. um, and no one likes paying it. So, you know, we act um, as poor clients to see, you know, how we can, in their interest, best protect them it's a bit like insurance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you if you look at your advisors, making sure that they do everything correctly, as advisors, we do everything correctly so that client doesn't pay any more tax than necessary, yes. but working within the law. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as business owners, whilst we don't need to have uh, near the amount of depth and wealth of knowledge that you have, there are certain things that we need to be aware of so that we can, alongside our experts such as yourself, be able to make solid decisions. You know, one of the things that I did is I shift my mindset around tax because, you know, I, I now go, if we're paying tax and complaining about it, let's celebrate it because that means that we've generated income and we've made an impact in the lives of our clients. Now Mm. working alongside someone as yourself, we look at what are some ways that we can claim that back legally so that uh, we can, you know, the government can benefit, we can benefit, and of course our clients can benefit as well. But before we dive into some of these very important tax laws, let's just go back and reflect on R&D. Now for those people who are not um, familiar with what R&D stands for, share what it is and then let's talk about this incentive because there could be money that businesses could be benefiting from because of the work that they're doing overseas that they don't even know about and I know you're going to share a little bit more about how they can access this. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of businesses out there um, carrying on their ordinary business, but outside of that, they're doing research and development. So there's this R&D tax incentive and it stands for Research and Development Tax Incentive. You don't necessarily have to be a big business to be able to put a claim in. Uh, the idea is that you are carrying on some sort of um, new innovative ideas and you're putting it into effect. So you're effectively looking for something new that's not in the market, either in Australia or overseas, and you're actually uh, spending money, uh, meaning probably uh, salary and wages, contractor fees, Mm. um, any direct expenses uh, to develop this new idea. It has to fall within certain criteria and I, you know, we don't probably have enough time to go through that now, uh, but the gist of it is it's new knowledge that you're trying to gain and you have to go through a process of um, experimentation, if you like. Mm. Now, what I have noticed is that, um, you know, there is climate um, and there are the smaller businesses that are looking into it, 
the difficulty sometimes can be documentation. So, you know, every time you do experiments or you've got this new idea, is how do you um, document um, what we're doing? Yes. You know, it's time and effort, and especially if you're the founder of, of an organisation. Uh, but the benefits can be substantial. So, if, for example, say you did spend, I'm going to give you 100,000, but um, I think the minimum is around 20, not think, I know. Uh, the minimum is sort of 20 and over. Mm -hmm. There are some criteria around that, it can be less, but where it's worthwhile, if you spend, say, 100,000, you can potentially, in the 2018 year, so I'm talking about that 1 July 2017, June 2018, you carried out any research and development. Potentially for 100,000, you could get 43,000 and a half back. That's 43 wow. and a half cents. Mm -hmm. So it's cash back for small businesses where they have tax losses. Uh, potentially, you know, their expenses are greater than their income. Um, they can get all of that money back. Now, if they did have um, effectively, you know, taxable income, their income was greater than their expenses, then potentially it can offset. This R&D concession can offset tax payable. So it can help businesses with cash flow. Yes, absolutely. That, that's really the benefit of it. Yes. So if an organisation has expended money in that financial year, I'd assume that that is then claimable. Obviously, there's various requirements that they have to um, tick the boxes and be eligible for. If a company has spent that in the prior year and only a little bit in this current year, can they only claim in that current year and what they've spent, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, it has to be a company, so that's a, a good point that, that you raise there. It can't just be an individual carrying on these activities. Yes. Um, but if they were doing it, say, for a financial year, so when I say financial year, I'll clarify 1 July 2017 or particular July year yeah. to 30th of June. That's a financial year. Um, but potentially, if you carried out that activity in that year, you've got 10 months after year end to put a claim in. Right. And the claim is with Oz Industry. And, you know, happy to answer questions for anyone that wants to know a little bit more about it. Um, we have a brochure that we can certainly send out and they can have a look at it. And, or it might be a quick phone call to myself and say, you know, mm. would I meet that criteria, by the way? I'm doing this. Happy to answer their questions. But so if you did only do a small amount of activity and it's at, say, in, in the year, um, it's under 20,000. You really can't claim it. Um, unless it's to a, a specific, they call them service providers. Um, but in most cases, so it has to be around over 20,000. And then you can effectively uh, put a, a registration in with Oz Industry. Um, how it works is you, you put the claim in with Oz Industry, they give you a registration number, and then your tax agent picks that up, puts it into the, there's a schedule that goes in the tax return, and that's how you claim it through the tax return watching system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. And, you know, in instances such as this, it's one of those things. We don't know what we don't know, yet if there are some things that we know that we have been doing some research and development around and quite new product or services, then it's certainly worth having a conversation with yourself, having a look at the brochure and seeing what kind of uh, requirements and, uh, yeah, things that we need to, to um, have done or 
and, and see whether that's something that we're eligible for. So certainly we'll share at the end of uh, this interview how people can get in contact with you. Now let's mm. talk about some of the tax laws and their impact on family businesses. As we said, they're as dynamic as the commercial environment and the lives of the family members themselves. What are some things that you find so many family businesses are not aware of and therefore potentially opening themselves up to yeah some heartache down the track regarding tax what are some things and insights you want to share yeah i guess um the the biggest thing is is um is succession planning mm -hmm. um you know if it is a family business and they want to leave it to the future to their kids i think that's one thing that um there's obviously lawyers involved in that as well because there's rules and all the things that you have to do to ensure that as the right people within your family. Um, but there's no death tax in Australia, which is a fantastic thing, so that you can pass on your business to your children. Yes. Um, and that is the most tax effective way of doing it, really. Um, the only thing to consider is that when you are setting up a family business, I guess, at the beginning, or maybe going through the middle stages of that of this business, is to always consider what your structure looks like. So who owns the shares in the company? You know, who are, if it's a family trust, who are the beneficiaries to this family trust? Have they considered who's the new generation going to take over? How are they going to take it over? Mm -hmm. And there's things you can put in place um, to do that. Great. And I think one of the things I think with businesses, we often don't think of succession planning right till the, till the last minute. And what would you say is a really good time frame that people should start to think about putting a succession plan in place, probably way before you actually need it. And you can always tweak it depending on whether changes need to be made down the track. But say, for instance, someone is in the business and they know down the track they do want to have a succession plan in place to be able to pass on the business to various family members. When when should they be thinking about having something firm in place? Is it five years, two years, three years? I know that's probably one of those answers that it's well, really is based on a bit of string. But but typically, what do you see? Or would you like to start seeing? We we put these succession plans in place. Look, I think when um, the family members start doing the wills, and that can be very early on yeah. in the stage. Um, so you know, you could set up a business and have your will done at the same time. Um, you could set up your business and do your will, you know, 10 years down the track. You could set up a business, be running it very successfully and never set up a will. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, it's a matter of uh, assessing it continuously. Every year when you're doing your tax return is a good time, is a good prompter. Yes, yeah. I think too, we don't know what we don't know and maybe it's just worthwhile having a talk to your accountant or the people that you need to speak with because I think sometimes we can, you know that the, the Aussie, yeah, she'll be right, mate. You just don't know what happens around the corner and some of the horror stories you hear of, you know, businesses or people not having wills in place, not having successions in place, when something unexpected happens, then that kind of would deter us from, from waiting till the last minute and say we need to get something in place just to cover ourselves in case you know circumstances beyond our control happen and if they don't fantastic you've got this great succession plan in place is that sometimes you you sadly see occur um, quite often actually um, and I think the, the main thing is you've got so many blended families nowadays mm. um, gone are the days where you're married once well let me ask you but yeah. <laughs> um, 
one of the, those days and, and you, you know, you just don't have children from women waking up children from two or three babies. Yes. And sometimes the more successful the business owner is, the more likely they have been married before because and they're married again because of the fact that, you know, the business married to the business. <laughs> maybe. Um, so that can cause problems in the future where maybe the kids from the first marriage are in the business, not necessarily the kids from the second marriage. Um, or the kids from the current marriage are involved in the business, but the kids from the prior marriages aren't involved. Who has a right to claim um, in the case of death of the founder of the business? Current children? Well, no, really, it can be any of the children yes. from any of the marriages. So, um, you know, if you have a will in place, um, you've talked to your lawyers and your advisors, your tax advisors, um, accountants, um, and, you know, nothing is 100% foolproof, but you're more aware of um, going down the track what you're going to leave to your, to your children, or it's going to go in the direction you want it to instead of didn't yeah. And unfortunately, um, even though you know you'd like to think that the world isn't greedy, um, when when it comes to families and death and businesses and where there's wealth involved, there's a lot of greed and there's yes. a lot of fights over who's who's having what. Mm -hmm. um, one thing people don't take into account as well: they might get their lawyers involved, but don't get their tax advisors involved. Is that you might get, for example, as an inheritance, um, a residence or something, and that potentially might not have a capital gains consequence to it. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas somebody else might say, well, you know, you, you get half of the business, uh, but you've got to sell the business, and there's a capital gains consequence to that. Not, not inheritance as in from the death of the person leaving it in the will, but if there's a forced sale, um, of a business because they have to split the assets or they, they need the funds, then eventually there's a capital gain. And um, you know, has has anyone taken that tax into consideration? Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of things to consider, yes. and you see it quite often. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's worthwhile when you're doing if someone's doing their tax return, they've got a business, whether it's in a company, a trust, whether they're you know in a partnership, it's just to consider. So are they going to exit this business as in sell it in the future, which is not related to the family? Then I think it's a five-year think about it, five years out from selling. Mm -hmm. If it's within a family business and going to pass on to the kids or another family member, um, then you know think about you know, how you're going to transact that and and talk to your advisors. Mm -hmm. Great, great insights to share. And one of those things, if it's documented in black and white and you've got the, the experts around you to, that has given you the, the, the right advice, then you know whatever happens, whatever you had put down to a degree, you know, obviously people then are instructed and know exactly what uh, what you had in place. So important. It's rather doing that at the forefront and having that in place than worrying about uh, it later on. So uh, great reminder there. Let's talk about the fact that there are number of women who are starting businesses Australia-wide, which is really exciting. In fact, um, you mentioned in the introduction that over a third of Australian business operators are women and those numbers are increasing. Now, HLB has developed My Sounding Board. That's a community for women entrepreneurs. Um, share a little bit about that. Why did you come up with an idea to, to provide this community? Yeah, look, it's, it's twofold. One is um, 
it's supporting women entrepreneurs. And what we do find, um, that was one reason. The other was to ensure our women within the organisation rise up to management and challenged mm. and recognised. Um, so that's why I say twofold, because we do have women in our organisation. I mean, we are the, um, how can I say, we are exemplary in having a lot of women in the partnership. Mm. I'm then female, I have 19 partners. That's so not a fantastic track record, nothing we're proud of. Um, and some of the things that we have implemented was to put an Embram program in, which was assisting you know, our women and also uh, talking to our partners as the benefit of having more women in the practice. Yes. Um, and one of those things that came out of it was the My Family Board. So one is, Entrepreneur women are finding it um, tough to get the right advice. Uh, sometimes they're very passionate about what they do, but and I've seen it a hundred times. Mm. That it is the tax side of it, or their structure. So we're not talking about tax. It's not always about you know doing your tax return or doing your accounts. It's about well, what structure do you run your business? Do you do it as a sole trader? Do you do it as a company? Are you in partnership with someone else? What are the benefits? What are the costs? Mm. And um, then what are the, the financial things, the tax deductions that you can claim? And I find that sometimes women don't know that, and men as well, but here we, this is a community for women entrepreneurs. Um, and so we, we sit down and we go through, um, there's two programs, um, a one-day sort of business acceleration series or... Um, or a business um, more about just an, a workshop, essential workshop. And the essential workshop, you know, covers off things like, you know, people know this, but they don't do it. You know, why do they don't pay themselves? You start up a business and they don't pay themselves. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes, you know, that's they, right. How are they paying themselves? Are they paying themselves dividends? Probably not even that. Another thing we, we recognise is that women don't put money into super. I can't do it, you know, I haven't got the money. Well, why are we doing all this? Why are we starting up a business where we're not making money to pay ourselves? And we're not making money to put in money into super. I may as well go and get a job and then I've, I've got something for later. Mm -hmm. So women can put a lot of time and effort, and I'm sure males do too, and um, what are they getting in return? And I think it's thinking about things in a different way. And that's what um, the My Sounding Board is about. And also for women to come in and, and amongst, you know, in the group is to, you know, bounce ideas off each other. What, what are you having issues with? Stuff is a major issue. Yes. Where they're employing people, you know, are they all having the same problems? How do we deal with that? Um, they're not so much tax issues, but they're issues with carrying on a business. Yeah. Um, from a tax perspective, we talk about restructuring. And um, you know how to pay people, how do you keep clients um, incentivized, and so on. Mm -hmm. It's great because so often in business, we, as you said, we start off our business because it's something we're passionate about. It's it's something that we're you know maybe an expert in, and therefore we start up a professional service business. And then we realise there's a whole gamut of aspects of our business that we're not aware of and sometimes we can assume that we should know that and and we may feel a little bit you know have some people are afraid to ask or afraid to 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 say hey i'm, I'm not really clear on this but i tell you what we you know all of us in, in aspects of business don't know everything about 
everything and therefore it's so good to be able to, to, to collaborate and to meet other like-minded business women and, and corporate women, you know, leaders in, in business here because um, we can then bounce ideas off one another and one person may suggest something or share an idea that they've had and through that, through creativity, you're able to go, wow, this is relevant in my industry. I can tweak it slightly and, and you know, again, get some great results as well. But it's one of those things, unless we ask, unless we, um, you know, immerse ourselves in these kind of communities, a mm. lot of things we just don't find out or we're just too hesitant to ask. Or what sometimes happens is we get advice, but unfortunately the people that we get advice from are not the best people because we tend to ask people that we know, like and trust, you know, other people in our community and our networks that we're hanging out on Facebook, but they may not necessarily know that because they're not an expert in that field. What would be the greatest insight um, that you find or, or the greatest learnings that you're finding the women who are part of the My Sounding Board are finding this is really adding incredible value to themselves and, and to, to the growth of their business? Are you getting some feedback from the members already, the community? Yeah, and I think it's, it's really about um, working on their business, mm -hmm. having the time to work on their business instead of in the business. They're constantly, as you said, you know, you're a business expert on, on a specific topic. Like this is what, you know, this is why you started your business. But there's so many other things that you need to be an expert on when you are the only person in the business. Um, and even if you're the second person in the business, there's the marketing side, there's the funding side, there's the accounting side. I mean, and the list goes on. Yeah. The software side, the IT side, you know, uh, you can't be an expert in everything. So sharing those experiences is, is useful, but also having time to stop and set some goals. Mm. So when you're talking about a specific topic um, in one of the series, well, what is it that I need to do in my business? And it's women coming to that realisation. And I think some of the, and the topics I mentioned before, why aren't you paying yourself yes. is a question. I mean, why did you pay super? I know the I know the answers I get, um, but is it good enough? Like you know, you have to value your own service um, and you have to value your own time. Yeah, that's how right. we doing that in business, and that's really a question that needs to be asked. And I guess it's 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 having someone ask questions and um, in a safe environment. You know, no one's criticizing, no one's um, judging. It's it's really just being open and honest. Uh, with yourself mm -hmm. um, and having people to support you. Yeah. The other thing I think the My Sounding Board is great because, as you say, I'm not an expert in other areas, like, for example, management. I don't know where to, you know, invest the shares of the best ones to invest in. Mm -hmm. That's not my area of expertise. Um, or business advisory, you know, doing a um, business plan. Uh, or um, something along the lines is, you know, the business has succeeded and now, I want to sell it to or, you know, who do I talk to? Yes. So we have women from all these areas as part of the My Sounding Board team. So, you know, it's not just my input. Um, it's coming from years of experience from all of us. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, um, Business Women Australia are national. We've got mm. um, different communities scattered all across Australia. When we're thinking of the My Sounding Board, is that similar or are there various states that they do in person or is it a combination of both? Share a little bit on how logistically My Sounding Board is. 
look, my sounding board is only Sydney-based mm-hmm. at present. Um, HLB is an Australasian association, so we have offices in all the states, uh, but it's a federation, so effectively they all work a little bit independently. Right. So our partnership in Sydney is kind of separate to the partnership in Brisbane. So what that means is that, you know, this idea was born out of Sydney, um, but it, it's not to say we wouldn't share it with other states. Great. But at the present time, um, it's only Sydney-based. Mm-hmm. So it's really, um, obviously, if you're in another state, you can just call, we can have a chat. Uh, but the, the essential workshop, if you like, is a one-day course, and that's run through Sydney. Great. It's not on webinar um, at present. Uh, that's something that we'd be thinking about for the future. And certainly the Business Acceleration Series is in place in Sydney. Mm-hmm. The idea is to be face-to-face. Um, and we run it when we have enough sort of take-up as to um, enough women. Because we want at least to have a room for 10 women so that they can um, share ideas and share their learnings. Yeah. And also get feedback from different entrepreneurs. Yes, yes. Something that uh, I was reminded of not so long ago as I was listening to some women who, you know, travelled interstate and even internationally too, there's something quite unique and empowering about getting out of your own office and meeting with other like-minded business people where you can network, you can learn and, and grow. And so certainly if we're outside of the Sydney area, um, you know, travelling there the next time that you have a workshop, if someone's listening today and, and thinks, you know, this would be a great community and, and certainly uh, the workshops that you offer, it may just be great for you to immerse yourself, travel and, and then really just get spend some time focusing and working on your business. Because I think, as you said, Mariana, we often don't do that. We're often working working too much in the business in, and we often also wear that badge of busyness as a badge of honour, but are we working on the right tasks? Do we have the right business structure? All of these questions we want to make sure that we have answered and in place so that as we do grow our business, we know the structure we have in place will continue to support us and, uh, and the ongoing growth. So share with everyone, what is the best way for them to connect with you? If someone's listening and they want to, to know a little bit more about the, the services and the support and of course, my sounding board. Yeah, look, the best way is really go to our website, um, hlbnsw.com.au. Um, even to contact me by phone, um, my number is is nine in Sydney, 02902040095. Happy to answer any calls. Um, I am away tomorrow, for <laughs> returning on the 16th of August, as I say all that, going to lovely Fiji. Um, but really, any way, any form of connecting, and it's not hard to Google us, even Google me. You'll find me on LinkedIn, Mariana Von Lucan. Um, it's not a common name, so you'll, you'll always see there, V-O-N, German, so yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's not too many of them um, well, certainly not in Australia anyway. No, great. Um, but I think it's to remember that business, you know, as you said, everything's going fast. You're in your business all the time, but it can be a lonely place. Mm. Who do you talk to? And I think My Sounding Board offers that opportunity to talk to like-minded women. Yes, so, so true. And I think being connected uh, with people who you can turn to and who understand your business, there can be challenges and obstacles and that's just 
part of being in business and taking risks and, you know, um, balanced risks, strategic risk, if you will. And so being able to connect and have those people. And as I love the name of the community, the sounding board, you can have people who can be your sounding board. You know that the decisions that you make, you can have more confidence in that. And of course, uh, know who to turn to. If you did launch something and you didn't quite get the results, rather than kind of eliminating it, go check check in, you know, what can we do better the next time, which is just all part of growth and, and business evolution. So look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, of course, we'll put all of the links on the show notes uh, on how to connect but certainly as you said you can look look you up on LinkedIn and with the contact details that you gave reach out to you to find out more but thanks so much for coming on the show well thank you for having me it's been great um my third podcast so I'm a bit of a virgin on oh, the there you uh, go. podcast <laughs> but very exciting bye now that brings us to the end of another show and I certainly know you've learned a lot. Please do reach out to Mariana. She's a wealth of knowledge. Now, if you want to find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so that you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business, all you need to do is go to www.businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au.